All right, welcome back to this week's Walk and Talk, where I get to talk about this week's alternative news and media, which you won't see on the mainstream. Although occasionally you do see a couple of these things on the mainstream, but I just put it with my own spin. So welcome if this is your first time viewing. And we've got some pretty crazy, crazy stuff to talk about today. Just unbelievable. Um, almost as unbelievable as these seagulls dive bombing me and they're letting me know they don't want me over here. I guess this is a, a nesting area, so I'll leave them in peace. But we're gonna talk about the decline today, and I'm gonna just bring some evidence to your attention of this decline that we are seeing in the West. And I wanna start with the biggest thing that I'm noticing, not the economy, although that's a, a big one, but it is the level of theft now in stores and it's now reported, so these are actual statistics from the industry, that theft from stores across the USA, especially the biggest stores like Walmart, Target, etc., they are the biggest now, the largest they have ever been in history. So on record, these are the largest ever theft and crime statistics. Let me read a, a couple of things out here. Big stores say theft is now the highest ever on record in the USA, accompanied by violent crime against staff, which is also at an all-time high. Many of the big stores are saying it's hard to not only recruit, but actually keep members of staff because of the risk. A lot of the staff are worried about when they finish work, when they finish their shift and it's dark and getting robbed and all sorts of other crime against them, not to mention the theft at the stores. And you only have to look at some of these images of what they're locking up now. Everything from toothpaste to orange juice and everything in between. I mean, to steal a carton of orange juice, that is, um, that's really out there. I mean, that is beyond my wildest imagination to go out there to steal a carton of orange juice or a tube of toothpaste. But in terms of the statistics then, they've just put this out, it is close to $100 billion. So it's $94.5 billion now. That is the uh, official figure according to the industry, the National Retail Federation. So almost $100 billion. And it's not just theft, that's the other thing. It's organized crime as well, which isn't being addressed We've talked about this a lot, about the whole organized crime aspect, where it's blatantly obvious that you have a group of 20 or 30 people that just walk into the store with huge duffel bags and fill those duffel bags with less than $950, of course, because that's how you get away with it. You've got to make sure you're, you're under the limit. So it's obvious, it's completely obvious that this is organized crime, as well as a lot of other people that know the rules and the laws and that the police won't come out. And it's not just that, you've got to also bear in mind that there was a lot of interviews actually with staff and they were like, you know, your typical big store staff. And they were saying that the issues extend further than that because if you actually try, I mean, they said a security guard is not really a security guard. He's more of an observer now. Because if you even try to stop someone, the concern is that you can be prosecuted for assault even if you grab them, you try and stop them, anything like that, that is classed as an assault, apparently. I, I just find that absolutely amazing that there's all these security guards and staff that are being done for assault, for trying to stop someone robbing all the merchandise. 
And this is another reason why I talked before about all the stores that are closing, especially in these sort of you-know-what cities where the stores are just closing at a rapid, rapid rate. And it's correlated. It's so funny that time I made that video where I correlated all the charts of crime. The video didn't even last four hours before it was banned and I got a strike for it. Why? It's government statistics. Why would I get a strike and a video removed and censored for publishing government statistics and overlaying that with crime statistics? I think it's obvious that they don't want us to know about a lot of this stuff. And by the way, before anyone says, because I know people love saying this, Neil, you look so tired, look at your bags under your eyes or whatever I get. Yes, for some reason, I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning, wide awake, I don't know why, and I just couldn't go back to sleep. So I, I am feeling a bit, a bit tired, but don't let that distract you from the video. I know a lot of you love to uh, leave those comments. But actually, this problem of the theft and the crime and things like that, it gets, it, it gets worse than that. It extends throughout society. So if you remember a few years back, I talked about how historically when you have these events that take place where you have the softening of men, where men are, are not really permitted to be men anymore. And I gave you that example of the time that I was on the tube and I was with some, some guys that I knew and there was a woman getting robbed and I was sat there and noticed that no one did a single thing before I actually stepped in to do something about it. But even then, it's not like back in the day where you can, you see something like that. And they're usually not tough guys that are doing the robbing. They, they target women, women with children and strollers and all of this. The, these crooks, these criminals these days, they're not, they're not tough guys. They are soft. They're usually quite skinny as well, no muscle mass. But the problem is, it's not like back in the day where you can go over and give someone a good hiding when they're trying to rob someone or assault someone like that. Nowadays, you've got to be careful that they haven't got a weapon or a blade or something like that on them. That's the thing you've got to be wary of today. And even with that time I told you about that woman on the tube and, and you know what happened, I said to the guys afterwards, like, why would you just sit there? There's three of you. Why would you just sit there? And they all said the same thing. Oh, we don't want to get in trouble. None of our business. You know, don't want to get involved. And this is the other problem. Men have got now no muscle mass, no testosterone. They've been demasculatized. They're just afraid to even step in and do anything. And of course, you combine that with all of these government policies and, and the, you know, new laws, I guess we can say, where you get prosecuted if you try and stop crime. It's a recipe for disaster. This, this is going one way. It's just another part of this whole decline that we're seeing. Now, the other point I wanna move on to now is the Inflation Reduction Act in the USA, which I said at the start is not an Inflation Reduction Act. It's an Inflation Explosion Act disguised as a Reduction Act. And that it would blow way out of the cost. What you're seeing now is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, here we go. Are you ready? Not only was it 385 billion to start with, in fact, it was lower than that and they kept increasing it. Are you ready for what it is now? The cost to the taxpayer. It is over $1 trillion. That is what it's costing. This will add to inflation because this currency is being created. It did not exist beforehand. So how they can expand the currency and then say that this will reduce inflation 
is just absolutely crazy. It is crazy talk uh, created by crazy, crazy people. But even more crazy is the policies within this act. I'm gonna read out a couple of them. So it was supposed to be initially somewhere in the region of 200 billion that kept going up over 10 years. The new estimate is over $1 trillion for over 10 years, and they've changed most of the act now to not be focused on inflation, but to be focused on climate and energy provisions. That's their words. The administration claims they're leading the world with their unwavering commitment, whenever you hear this word, um, be, be fearful, to restrict oil and gas projects to meet the 1.5 degree target. It is absolutely crazy. Good luck to you guys. Uh, um, seriously, good luck to you. Because if they're removing and reducing all of these gas uh, and, and oil, like all these energy projects, energy is your input. It's what makes a country strong. You start removing all of the energy inputs, combined with all the farming aspects as well, you've got a recipe for disaster. The next act that's going through Congress at the moment is called the Restrict Act. So this is a, another big one. And it would ban TikTok nationwide and prohibit users accessing the app. Now, this is you should really be aware of this act because it is nuts. It's absolutely insane. It's not really about TikTok. Think of it in this way. Do you honestly think all of these lawmakers got together to uh, address TikTok? No, of course they didn't. This has been lobbied. You've probably got people like Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates who have got together and they've done a ton of lobbying and thrown a huge amount of money to restrict TikTok. Now, I don't necessarily like TikTok. Let me just throw that out there at the start. I do look at it occasionally because you come across some really, really interesting news that you wouldn't otherwise find. Because remember, it's user-led news, but you also get a lot of nonsense on there. Goodness me, some of the stuff I've seen on there is just, uh, anyway. But I think that's another reason that they're trying to ban it because you see, they want to get complete control of all of the news media. It's not just about, and you think over the last year, look how much media has been destroyed. All of these channels have just gone. And even these channels, I wouldn't say were right-wing channels. You've got, you know, all of these uh, channels that are more even on the left or centralist. And they've gone as well because they do a lot of investigations. See, the, this new system, they don't want all of these investigations. And people like me who do investigative journalism, they don't like this sort of stuff because we uncover a lot of what they're doing. But another reason I don't like TikTok videos is because the way that it's overseen, I think is the best way. You actually look at some of the studies and you see what they did in, and what they do in Asia and some other places. They only give the users very positive sort of videos. You know, I, I saw a documentary on it where this guy tracked um, all these people in, in China and they were getting all these videos and it was the same demographic for the USA. And in China, these guys were getting, you know, heroic things and motivational and be, you know, do this for your country and things like that. But then you look at what was being put out in USA and it was all sort of woke stuff. It was all things about, you know, what we were just talking about there, about, about men and women and all this, you know, just all this stuff that just was designed as a distraction and jokes and pranks and 
Um, no wonder people are getting dumbed down now by by social media and <laughs> schooling. Sorry for all the teachers watching, but I think some of you know yourself that that is true. Some of the things you uh, have to teach that you don't want to teach. So that's some of the reasons I don't like TikTok. But at the same time, I do like a couple of aspects of the platform. But it's obvious to me that this wasn't about TikTok. When you actually look at the act, there's a lot more in there, some really serious stuff. Now, I want to tell you that this is where it gets bad. The penalties, okay, of a violation, this is a person or company of this act can result in a penalty of up to 250,000 US dollars or 20 years imprisonment. Where do you think this is going, ladies and gentlemen, my friends? Where do you think this is going? It's so obvious. We are moving towards this 1984 George Orwell world, the ministry of truth where up is down and down is up. But it's not just George Orwell. Remember, this was biblical as well. You can, you can read all of this stuff. These things have been talked about for a long, long time. All the events that we're going through now and what's coming. It is just cycles. It's cyclical. It's patterns. We go through these cycles all the time before we go through what they're calling a great reset, but we can just call this a, a simple reset. But the act gets even more crazy. So you've heard me talk about VPNs on the channel before. I've used a VPN for years, and especially if I'm using public Wi-Fi, if I have to, you know, if I have to go somewhere and stay at a hotel or something, there's no way I would use the Wi-Fi and get all my stuff hacked. I always use a VPN. So the law would actually criminalize the use of a VPN. Again, why would you criminalize the use of a VPN? And the other thing as well, they're not saying about this, uh, you know how everything before was racist? Everything, doesn't matter what you did, it was racist. Well, this bill is sort of massively against places like China and Venezuela and Cuba and uh, Cuba and all of these other places. I've got a, I've got a friend called Cuba. Um, you know, there's all these things all these other countries, they're not talking, where's all the claims of racism against these countries? There just isn't any of these claims anymore. Oh gosh, it just, it, it, it's, it's crazy. But you, look, we all know what's going on here. It's just, it's just crazy. Even to the point, they're just passing this law at the moment in France as well. And it's gonna be a criminal, criminal offense to, um, I think they said to either criticize Macron or, you know, give him the bird or, or whatever else, if you know what that, that term means. You know, these sort of things they said are going to be criminalized with prison sentences. And we talked a few weeks ago about that lady who criticized Macron on Facebook and is now facing a prison sentence for that. So it's obvious they're just quelling dissent. And even coming back to George Orwell, 1984, that, that book is more like a language model if you think about it. If you've ever studied linguistics, that is really what the book is, is more about. And even with all of this AI that's going on at the moment, people think, people still think that, you know, they're gonna escape this. Ladies and gentlemen, believe me, you are not gonna escape it. And even me, and I've made massive plans to escape it. Even I'm not gonna escape this to, to the full extent honestly, because they've got everything tied up now. They're wrapping it up. And where the AI comes in, remember during lockdowns, they excelled, was it six or seven years with the AI software? 
six or seven years of movement in the space of just a few months because everyone was locked down at home and the AI had access to pretty much everything. So they knew exactly what you were doing all through the apps, all through the games. And these models, which again are language models, were able to access everything that you were doing. So they moved forward so quickly. Now this AI, and if you think of like ChatGPT, and you, you, you remember version two of it, they said it was too dangerous to release into the world. And yet we're now on version four. And a lot of these things are just rapidly moving forward despite all of the dangers. And this AI will actually soon, that it, check this if you don't believe me, it can already start to read human brainwaves, which means human thoughts. So soon they think they'll, that this AI will be able to identify criminals or whatever you've been up to, even beforehand. So they're talking about giving police this special AI um, hardware and software so they can actually on the spot ask you about crimes and hey, did you see what happened here and all this other stuff. Uh, not to mention, think of all these robo dogs that are being tested right now. They've been under trial for six months now with police forces. Next, you'll have Atlas. I told you from the start, the DARPA project, it wasn't what they said it was. Here's the biggest issue when you think about militaries and police forces and stuff like that. Yeah, they recruit based on certain criteria so that you will follow you know, orders and stuff like that. But there comes a point, and you've seen this in a lot of coups and a lot of incidents in, in the world, there comes a point where people just say, no, I'm not gonna follow that order. But you try having that same concept with a robo dog or an Atlas humanoid, it's not gonna happen. They will just follow the order regardless. Combined with all the AI, it is a dystopian nightmare that we're moving towards. Give it three years, maybe 2026, and we'll, we'll be there with maybe not all the mass production of the, the robotics, but the AI will, will be able to know everything that's going on and have so much control because of how much power it's got. That's actually what a lot of these movies were about. You know, think of Divergent series, uh, The Giver, Equilibrium, and a few of these other movies. This is basically... And, and Black Mirror is the one I always talk about, where people say, wow, this is so, so uh, sci-fi and it'll never happen, it's so cool. No, no, this is what's going to happen. It's not, you know, so cool. This is the sort of stuff that will happen in the future. There's an episode called Metalhead. Check that out about the robo dog and what actually happened there. But even in terms of all the job losses at the moment, this is just through the roof. Let me read this out. 183,000 tech jobs already lost. So this is 2023 is already up more than 2022. So it's a hundred and oh, jump down here. 84,000 employees already, whereas last year it was only about 154,000. And this is from the, the tech industry. But it's not just in tech. You've also got Gap and you've got all of these other retailers as well doing mass, mass layoffs at the moment. Um, Gap is about to lay off 1,800 employees. Lyft is about to uh, announce 1,000 job cuts. We've got jobless claims in the USA at a 17-month high, not to mention money velocity and the M2 supply just absolutely crashing, absolutely crashing. Uh, this is a, a big, big problem 
because you need money to be flowing and you need all of these, you need the economy to be actually working if you want to continue the economy the way it has been. Now, another problem that's just come about is the banks, uh, US banks, again, we've talked about this, so it shouldn't be a surprise. They've increased their borrowing from the Fed for a second week in a row. So again, this is just showing all the strains now on the financial system. It rose by 11 billion last week to 155 billion. Now, remember what this is. Remember what, what they're actually doing here. This is because the banks are pretty much, they're not bankrupt, but they've got a lot of problems at the moment. Someone's just waving to me there. No idea who that was. So what you've got is that, think about it like this. Here's an easy way to understand it. You've basically got all of these banks that cannot handle higher interest rates. They just can't handle these rates. And the Fed knows this as well. So what they're doing is they're backstopping a lot of these bonds and the mortgages. So these are the mortgage-backed securities. Because all of this debt was issued when rates were really low. And now rates are really high. So the banks have to be competitive. They have to offer higher rates on savings or you see outflows. This is what we've been seeing with some of the smaller regional banks and, and how they've been getting into big trouble. So this is what's actually going on in the financial market. And this is why the Fed is having to create more currency, therefore adding to more inflation. Oh gosh, you can see where this is going. There isn't really a way out for these banks unless interest rates go back down and they can be more profitable and start lending again. But then you've got this situation where are people going to want to borrow right now? But maybe all of this is intentional anyway, because does the Fed really want competition? I don't, I don't think they do. They don't, they don't want competition with these commercial banks. So you've got this CBDC that they want to launch. Again, I think it's going to be somewhere 2025, 2026. They want to launch it anyway. Do they really want competition? with commercial banks. No, of course they don't want this competition with the commercial banks. They just want to have a wallet between you and them. So we're going to have to see how this goes, but it's not going in a positive way at all. All right, well, I'm going to wrap it up here for a second because I've got some people that said they want to have a chat with me. <laughs> um, all right, so thanks for watching today. Take care, God bless, and I will see you next week now.